Welcome to the Big Unlock Podcast, your leading source of info for insights and best practices in digital health and digital transformation. Join host Patty Padmanabhan, CEO of Demo Consulting and co-author of Healthcare Digital Transformation, how technology, consumerism, and pandemic are accelerating the future in conversation with leading practitioners of healthcare and technology. This podcast is sponsored by HealthNext, the enterprise-class virtual care platform from Tech Mahindra Health and Life Sciences. Hello again, and welcome back to my podcast. This is Patty, and it is my great privilege and honor to introduce my special guest today, Diana Knoll, EVP and General Manager of Nuance Healthcare. And Diana is uh, familiar to our audience. She's coming back and joining us. Uh, she's been on this podcast before. We'll talk a little bit about that. And Dr. Yakuma Crystal, Assistant Professor of Biomedical Informatics at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. So you. Much. Very good. Very good. Let me kick this off, Diana. I think this may be a question uh, for you to start with. I've always considered voice to be one of those highly promising emerging technologies that is going to transform the way we live and work. And of course, in healthcare, we've struggled with how technology has taken away some productivity, even though it's delivered a lot of other benefits. And voice has the, has the ability, voice enablement and voice recognition is potentially one of those technologies that could ease the burden on physicians. And that's been the thesis for the rapid growth of voice enablement in healthcare. So maybe you could start by sharing with our listeners a brief overview of the progress that we have made as an industry with voice enablement in healthcare. Where is voice finding its application today, especially in a post-COVID-19 scenario? Yeah, thank you. Well, voice has definitely been on a journey, uh, so I'll talk a little bit. It's it's not new to the industry, as you may realize. As I had mentioned, I've known Nuance now for 15 years, uh, recently joining them on June 1st. But voice, dictation, the aspect of taking the ability of this technology to do clinical documentation has been around for a while. More recently, I think, with the capabilities of all of our data processing, et cetera, we've definitely advanced where it's much easier to get adopted. Uh, You don't have to train the system as much. It's getting much more accurate. And so the ability to get broader sets of users to use it has definitely kind of come up. I think that what you see now in things like the post-COVID world is even more acceptance of things where you can use the voice enablement, not for just clinical documentation, but you may have seen that it's being used a bit more with like being a virtual assistant, being able to command and control things within the ecosystem that the physician is working in. For example, you know, the announcement on up to date was to be able to search through voice and be able to say, hey, Dragon, pull up what's in up to date on this particular topic. And I think in the post-COVID world, just a simplistic thing uh, that we'll probably hear more from here on the show is just the contactless ability uh, yeah. to drive and control commands. And we're getting actually interest in not just the physician, but medical devices and use of that. 
And so we, we also think that there's going to be more people wanting to use voice to kind of use in this post-COVID world. Yeah, that's interesting. Contactless experiences, that has kind of become a big uh, buzzword and a theme as uh, people start going back into the clinics and uh, hospital environments. We will unpack that a little bit more. Now, when we had you as a guest on this podcast, uh, you were at that time with Walters Clover leading their uh, healthcare business. And now you've recently done a partnership with Walters Clover to help clinicians and researchers using the capability for voice-enabled content search. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that means? Yeah, so what you can actually do is, again, uh, you can say, hey, Dragon, search up to date for particular treatment options. And this actually then helps the clinician retrieve information and up to date. And, you know, a big thing with physicians is not having to go between systems, but just having it be pretty seamless. And of course, you know, then you can retrieve information and up to date. Obviously, a leading clinical decision support, the leader in clinical decision support, you can get medication dosage disease states, drug interactions, all the stuff that's readily available and up to date. And then obviously you can also, with the Dragon engine, be able to do commands in terms of what you want to actually have the EHR do. So hopefully being able to get information more easily accessible, efficiency, productivity, just a better user experience. So that's what we've done with up to date. And we, uh, we think that there may be some other things that we can do together on that. So I'm very excited. Although I've left, it's really nice to continue to work together in that partnership. Yeah, yeah. Sounds really exciting. Dr. Kumar Crystal, you have been using this new technology at the university, at Vanderbilt University. Can you tell us a little bit about how you've been using it? Are you using it in a patient experience context? Are you using it for research? Can you tell us a little bit about where you're using this? Yes. So I've been a voice enthusiast for a long time. Um, I've been using dictation to complete my notes. And what I'm so excited about is this new era of voice mechanics and how we can interact with the voice technology outside of just the dictation, which is extremely useful, but also to make queries and commands in the EHR to retrieve information. And I just think it's a really exciting new way to interact with technology because so often when we need to find out something, we're forced to drill down through different tabs and scroll through sheets and whatever, to have to fight the technology just to give us the information we need, but just to be able to say a command to make a request and have the information retrieved for you just takes away some of the the burden and irritation of the technology that has kind of interclated itself in our regular workflow. In medicine, it's, it's a culture of asking questions and making requests. As an attending, I, I'm usually surrounded by fellows and residents and nurses, and we have our morning rounds and we talk about the patient. And then someone will ask like, hey, what was her last sodium? Or, hey, pull up that last journal article for so-and-so. And to be able to use that same method, that same medium to ask information for the electronic health record, I don't know, it kind of makes it a more nuanced part of our care team as well, where you can interact with at the same level you'd interact with the rest of your colleagues. Yeah. So what is the big play here? Is it productivity? Is it advanced intelligence? What is the play here? I would say easing the friction of getting to where you want to get to, because the whole point of the EHR is that 
we input information so that at some point we can get it out more efficiently. Unfortunately, because of you know limitations with time and money and whatever it takes to make it more functional, it's not that easy to get information out. It's, it's always several keystrokes away, several tabs away, several lots of things away. But to be able to make a command verbally and instantiate that thing you want just relieves some of that frustration you have where you feel like you're always having to go through a journey just to find the, the thing you need. This is going to sound silly, but I, I was trying to explain this to my nine-year-old son. He was like, oh, it's kind of like being a wizard. You just say a spell and it happens. And I was like, well, that's a very nine-year-old way to think about it, but I, I think I like that metaphor. You just kind of <laughs> ask for things and they come into being. And I think that's just part of the value of being able to articulate the things you need. Yeah. And again, usability has become a hot topic in healthcare and in, in some of the work that we do. Usability as a term is finding its way into all kinds of contexts. Uh, usability for patients when they come online to access care. And now we talk about usability for caregivers in order to get to the information they need so they can quickly get to answers, pointers for taking care of their patients' needs. What about the other side of the table? What about patients? How do they get to see the benefit of uh, voice recognition technology? Is there something that providers are doing to enable voice recognition when a patient walks into the clinic? I mean, for instance, you know, Diana talked about this uh, contactless experience. Is that something that the patient can take advantage of as well, or is it mostly confined today to the caregiver side of the business? Oh, I'm so excited to answer this question. I both. So in terms of how the patient benefits, there are different kind of ways and manners which the patient benefits. From the provider facing side of things, if a provider can easily call out orders to say like, oh, place a consult for social work or refill the metformin and maintain their contact with the patient while just asking for those things to be fulfilled as if they had a scribe in the room or something like that. That in and of itself just helps the patient and the provider feel more connected, like they're in the same place together. And the provider's not distracted by having to pull away and go to their computer screen to enter these things. Also, I think there just needs to be a study of this, but just the benefit of the patient hearing the provider place these orders or um, make these requests for the patients to have a better understanding of what is going on in their clinical encounter, to know what things the provider thinks is important, to know what things the provider wants to call out. And maybe that would even make it more engaging to the patient, make them want to ask more questions as about like, well, why, why would we want to uh, try metformin or why, why did you ask about this specific thing? And I think it's, there's a new dynamic and element of patient engagement that will absolutely stem from being able to have voice as a medium and as a method, the provider engages with the EHR while the patient is there. But on the patient facing side, I'm excited to note that there's actually a lot of great work going into having patient-facing voice assistants so the patients themselves can interact with the HR. And I think that's just a wonderful opportunity to have people who might not be as comfortable with technology and navigating computers just be able to talk to their yeah. machines and get the information back out. So I, I think that's really, really exciting and can really decrease barriers for people with a disability and accessibility issues. Because again, everybody everybody knows how to talk. I have a four-year-old and he can't stop talking. So at a very yeah. early age, um, people know how to engage with computers and 
with media using their words and um, to be able to fully leverage it, I think can take us just a whole nother plane of usability and productivity and engagement. Yeah, yeah, that's that is so so well uh, said. The importance of having a natural language interface that not only increases your productivity but also provides some degree of comfort and ease of during the course of the patient doctor patient interaction is definitely something that. I see a lot of other uh, firms paying attention to as well. Now you mentioned scribing as uh, one of the core tasks of this voice-enabled interface. Uh, Diana, I want to ask you this question. There's obviously a huge amount of opportunity, headroom, lift, if you will, for just being able to use voice to do things like scribing, which can actually release significant amount of time for uh, physicians, but also improve the doctor-patient interaction so that you know physicians and, and their patients can have eye-to-eye contact and all of that has been talked about a lot. What's next? Tell us a little bit about what you see as the roadmap for the future. Where do you think we can hope to see, let's say, advanced analytical tools being used in the context of voice recognition to improve our ability to do more advanced tasks, risk assessments, or just being able to predict uh, things from a person's voice. I've read that you can actually read biomarkers in the tone of the voice. Can you talk a little bit about some of the future state uh, that is emerging from voice? Yeah, well, there's some interesting things. The last note that you had there made me think of something that we recently talked about from Nuance, and that is uh, actually being able to recognize maybe the age. And I'm not quite sure exactly how I would apply that in, in healthcare, but I think you're right on in terms of the things that it will allow us to do. What we're really excited about is, I think, moving from sort of voice and sort of an interaction with one person and the machine to being in this ambient environment. Mm -hmm. And that is really where we're focused on. And that, I think, brings great interaction between the physician and the patient, because now it's really in an ambient environment. You're diarizing the conversation between the patient and the doctor. And I think that builds a lot of transparency, but also a lot of clinical and you know other types of accuracy of what's being captured. And then if we can get that into a very good structured format, then I think the institution, the hospital itself can run a lot of analytics on that. You can continue to do sort of the, the voice commands, but what I sort of see in the future is also the machine helping to catch things that might be within the EHR or other items that would sort of offer up suggestions, recommendations, either in the visit or post the visit to continue to enhance and make sure that nothing falls through the cracks for the patient. And I think when you think about the ambient environment and then what we talked about with patient interactions and producing this capability for other care providers, such as nurses, et cetera, I think it will definitely unlock and bring back a little bit of what we've talked about in the past of bringing back that trust between the physician, the doctor, and their patient. So I think the whole ambient environment will unlock yet another capability of being able to do analytics, recommendations, those types of things. And that's what we're heavily working on right now. Yeah. Ambient computing has, of course, become uh, another uh, hot topic because of all of the possibilities uh, to be able to remotely you know, monitor or observe what is going on with a patient 
and being able to pick up things through voice and other natural language interfaces, especially now in the COVID context, so, you know, tele-ICUs and so on, I imagine there's a lot of application there. So does your technology kind of seamlessly integrate with uh, the EHR systems and other decision support tools? One of the big challenges in healthcare, of course, is this, all these technology tools, the challenge to make them all work together in a seamless fashion. It's getting better, no doubt, but it's still a lot of unfinished business. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we definitely, I think, you know, with our rich history in healthcare, that's something we rely heavily on. And we definitely have to have those connections. We've had longstanding relationships with the EHRs. We can't do it without them, as you said. So we do have that interaction with them, the virtual assistant. You know, we work with them on how do we actually get that information back out and then get it back in. And uh, you may have seen recently, we did announce, for example, connections with Cerner on that. So we're very excited about that. We cannot make it work without it. And that's why it's so important for us to be sort of agnostic. We do the same thing in terms of telehealth platforms. Uh, So we will work with various telehealth platforms. And so we can provide the opportunity to use it for the doctor when they're in the office or on telehealth. So it eases their, you know, not having to use a different tool. And then you really just have to work with all these different systems. And that's something I think collectively as an industry, we are getting better and better at. Looking forward, you know, looking into the future. You know, today, when you look at uh, text-based interfaces, you go on your iPhone, you start typing out a text message, it finishes the sentence for you because it's been observing what you write or what people like us write on a normal, you know, normal course of day. And it's been analyzing billions and billions of these messages and it helps you to complete the sentence. Do you think voice is going to get there? You know, you start to say something and the voice enabled interface is going to complete the sentence for you? I think it's going to depend on what your end goal is. I think there might be some folks who would find that really beneficial. And again, going through the concept of accessibility, that might be a feature for some people. For others, I think most people really look forward to technology helping to facilitate and optimize what they're already doing. And um, one of the joys of being a doctor that is often kind of pulled away from us is engaging with the patient, having a conversation, learning about their story and able to give them advice. But because you're often having to pull away to turn back to your computer to type it in, you don't have the opportunity to do that. So having something like an ambient scribe that can magically have all the words you say to create your note for you so you don't have to do that will give you the opportunity to be present in that way and complete your sentences yourself. But yeah, yeah. Be an opportunity where it would make sense for some folks for whatever reason to have a tool that can produce those enumerations for them. And I absolutely love <laughs> the feature in um, phone and email now that um, kind of auto suggests and complete sentences for you. I yeah. also wonder if it's saying what it thinks I would have said or it's suggesting what I should say, and if the result of my email is really just the computer's own mind. Uh, Regardless, it sounds good and it's all spelt correctly, so I can just hit send and save myself an extra five minutes. Yeah, I got to tell you, I'm not so good with the auto finish or whatever, because more often than not, I'm sending the wrong message out and then I'm (laughs) manually correcting it. So 
interesting point you, that you bring up too, um, with regards to the technology kind of just working and not having to worry about all the setup and integrating all that stuff. One of the biggest limitations in the past about voice technology was because of the word error rate, you almost spent just as much time having to go back to fix the things that it thought it heard as you would trying to dictate. And that was a huge barrier to adoption. But it's come so far now, like machine learning techniques that even without training, a novice can pick it up and, and just get started. And I think that's one of the big factors in making this more mainstream thing that anyone can and would adopt. Because if all you have to do is talk and that's something you know how to do anyway, then what's the problem? You did bring up something that I was going to bring up in the closing minutes of our conversation, which is what are some of the challenges with the technology? So obviously, the error rate is one of them. And the error rate could be linked to a lot of different things, accents, for instance. And we live in a very diverse uh, professional environment. Uh, healthcare, as much as any other industry, is, uh, is very diverse. And so do you see this as, uh, as technology, therefore, that needs to evolve a little bit more? I do agree with you. You know, From all accounts, it's come a long, long way in the last few years. But do you see... Uh, you know, and maybe it's a question for Diana as well. Do you see like multilingual capabilities? Where do you see this headed? Yeah, I definitely think that there are going to be some, you know, what's the level of accuracy that we can, you know, that really delivers the right results, as was mentioned before. So I think that that will continue to get better. And so if you definitely think about the future where I talked about, you know, being able to scour things and offer recommendations, I do still think that that's a vision that can be achieved, but it will take a while. Because as you know, we all get sort of those recommendations from where we've shopped, et cetera, and not all of them are quite accurate. I think the other thing that people have helped me to rem uh, remind myself is that when you think about this type of interaction and patient in patient interactions, we do have to remember that many of our patients still don't have access to the technology. So I do think we also want to continue to keep in mind that evolution that our patients are going through. But I am very, very optimistic. I think the COVID-19 has actually accelerated everyone's willingness to look at things and do things differently. Telehealth is a great example. Yep. Voice will be the next. So I'm very optimistic that there will actually be some really wonderful, positive things coming out of a very challenging circumstance. Fantastic. And I guess on that note, we're going to have to leave it there. Dr. Koma Crystal, uh, Diana, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. And I look forward to following all the progress with voice. I got to tell you, I am personally very, very interested in where the technology can take us at a personal and a professional level. And uh, I look forward to following all the work. Thank you once again for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We invite you to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Healthcare Digital Transformation Leader. Write to us at info at thebigunlock.com with your feedback and questions. 